standing before the Lord, shall we turn to the scriptures, John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, and verse 26, John 14, 16 and 17, and verse 26. Hallelujah. Twenty six. Amen. Father, we are grateful to you this morning. We thank you for your word. We pray that you will speak into our lives. Release your grace and your anointing that will make the proclamation of your word effective and productive. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we bind them in the name of Jesus. Every cynical, critical spirit, be stilled in Jesus' name. This morning we take victory in the house. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Today's message is titled, You Got Help. Turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor you got help. All right. If you have AOL, you will hear from time to time, you got mail. But this is, you got help. Amen. Hey, we all need help. We all need help. From time to time, there is none of us who have come to a place where we need help, aid, assistance, someone to come by our side, someone to stand with us, someone to stand by us. And we all have experiences in our lives where people have come to our aid. They have made our life easy. They have helped us out. And sometimes they have made things worse for us. How many of you guys had help where the help made things worse for you? Anybody? All right. Now, there are times when we have become a help to someone. Where we have volunteered to help someone. Where we decided that we are going to stand by someone. Or we're going to stand along someone. And remember that incident where your help was appreciated. Your help really helped. Or your help made things worse for the person that you tried to help. Now imagine if you have a help or a helper who is much, much more able than you, much, much more efficient than you, much, much more powerful than you, and coming to your aid every time, each time, you have the help of this particular helper. You have always come through regardless of what season you are in. Regardless of what predicament you are in. Praise the Lord. 
Here, Jesus is introducing the Holy Spirit. Verse 26 says, the helper, the Holy Spirit. Jesus is on his, on the last, just before, the night before he was crucified. He is having a discourse. He is seated with his disciples around the table. And Jesus Christ is passing vital information to his disciples. And he's telling them, listen, I am ready to go. But I'm going to ask the Father to send the helper. One who is going to help you, will be with you, will be in you. Not for a day, not for a season, not for just three years or three and a half years, but one who would be with you forever. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. When you, put, when you look at that term, Jesus, in that particular verse, we see he's using two terms there. One is the helper. One, one particular translation says comforter and the spirit of truth. So as when we read the scripture in this side of the world, in our culture where we live, we also use the word comfort or comforter quite often. How many of you guys use the word comforter? Comfort, comforter. We all use, especially in this season. What is this season? This is winter. I believe that we all have a comforter at home. How many of you guys don't have a comforter at home? We all have a comforter at home. I remember when it was getting cold, I told my wife, it's getting cold. And she pulled out a comforter somewhere and that made things kind of warm and cozy. So we all have this, we are used to this terminology, comforter, comforter. And what comes to our mind is something cozy, something comfortable, something soft, something that's going to make us warm. You know, that's the picture that comes to our mind. And if we are used to the comforter, we know the comforter only comes in one particular season. It is in our home. It's safely tucked away. It comes out during winter. After winter, it's packed neatly and it is shelved away waiting for the next winter to come. Unfortunately, many of the Christians are like this. The comforter that Jesus is talking about is the Holy Spirit. And many of us as Christians, we act the same way. We bring the comforter out once in a blue moon. When there is a revival meeting, when there is a tarry meeting. Now we don't even have tarry meeting. We, when there is a revival meeting, there is probably a fasting and prayer. Or somebody is, is, is in dire need, pressing into the presence of God. We bring the comforter out and then we put him right back. But Jesus talks about the comforter, the Holy Spirit, not as one who we can tap into in season, but one who is with us. And one who is in us forever. That's the beauty of it. Isn't that beautiful? To have a helper who is with us, who is in us forever. Look what, what one version says. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, which is, this is the amplified version, comforter, 
advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby to be with you forever. How many of you know someone who could be all of this? Comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby. Hello. The Holy Spirit as our comforter. Hmm? The Greek word that is used there is parakletos or parakletos. How's my Spanish accent? Parakletos. That's not Spanish, that's Greek. Okay. All right. Parakletos. Parakletos means one who comes by our side to assist us. One who stands by us. One who strengthens us. One who empowers us. One who speaks on our behalf. One who intercedes on our behalf. One who empowers us to do the very thing that we cannot by our own strength. Parakletos, Holy Spirit, the Comforter, is the Paracletus who strengthens us in tough situations of our lives, giving us the courage to keep on going with life. That does not mean that the Holy Spirit is just going to simply come and do everything to the extent that He will rob us of our responsibility. Or make it easy to give up. He's not going to make it so easy that we give up. Neither is he going to come and rob us of our responsibility. But rather he empowers us. Enables us. Enriches us to do the task that is at hand. Jesus said, I am going to send the advocate, the comforter. A Holy Spirit who is going to be with you and in you forever. Now, we need to understand when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we cannot just simply address him as, as it. There are people who call Holy Spirit and address Holy Spirit as it. There are people who just simply think of Holy Spirit as an Influence And who is introducing Holy Spirit or the comforter, the parakletos here? Jesus himself. Now, imagine if you are being, if you want to be introduced to a person that you don't know, you want that person who's making the introduction to be very close to, to that person. So Christ is the best person to introduce Holy Spirit, Comforter, the Paracletus, to you and to me. And we need to look into the words of Jesus as he introduces Holy Spirit to his disciple. As it is recorded in John chapter 14, 15, 16, when we read, we will find how Christ introduces Holy Spirit to his disciples. And when we look at this, we need to come to the grips that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they are equal. They are equal. How, what does it mean that they are equal? 
they are Holy Spirit is God. He is co-equal to God the Father and to God the Son. He is co-eternal with God the Father and God the Son. He is co-existent with God the Father and God the Son. So God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is God. They are equal. All three of them are fully God. They are one, yet they are distinct in their workings in relationship to creation and redemption. Praise the Lord. So when you study creation and we study redemption, we see that they are distinct in their roles, distinct in their workings, yet all three are fully God and they are equal. So God, the Holy Spirit is God. He is co-equal, is co-eternal and co-existent with God the Father and God the Son. Amen. This Holy Spirit, praise God, that Jesus calls the helper, the comforter, he says that he is with us and he is in us. Isn't that beautiful? Praise the Lord. So Jesus is telling us, listen guys, I'm leaving, I'm going, but I have asked the Father to send the helper, one who is not going to leave you, one is going to be with you forever. That's why Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Okay? Now, if there is anybody in the house that feels that you are left out, that you are ostracized, that you are abandoned, that nobody cares, that you are pushed out, you are ostracized and you are just out there forsaken. I want to tell you, if you're a child of God, God has not left you orphan. He has given you and me, Holy Spirit, the helper, the advocate, the counselor to stand by me, to stand for me, and to reside in me. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. Praise the Lord. See, in the scripture... It is very clear that the Holy Spirit is God and He is, can we repeat this? Holy Spirit is God. He is co-equal, co-eternal, co-existent with the Father and the Son. Now, why is it, it, it is so important that Jesus would would, would Pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to come and stand by his disciples. Now, who are the disciples? Who are the disciples? How many disciples did Jesus have? How many disciples did Jesus have? Twelve. How many disciples did Jesus have? Hello? Only twelve? Many. Oh, that's a good answer. Is there a number for many? Nobody? Only 12 disciples? That's it? Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I am one of them. You're what? 
Marianne, how are you? I just saw you. Are you a disciple? Yes. Jesus gave the great commission, the mandate, go and make disciples. Okay, so you and me, we all are disciples. And this helper, this paracletos, is with us and in us. Praise the Lord. Now, when you look into the life of Jesus, we see that the deity of the Spirit of God is seen in the, in, the, in, the, in the life and ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, actively working in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. Now, check this out. We'll just skim through it real fast. Jesus was, number one, conceived by the Holy Spirit. I put the reference up there. So that if you have doubt, you can look at it, go home and look at it. Or if you want to look at it now, you can look at it now as well. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit for the service. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. Jesus was crucified in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was raised from the dead by the power of of the Holy Spirit. Jesus gave commandments to his apostles and the church through the Holy Spirit. Acts 1-2. When you get a chance, you check that out. Now, why do I bring this out? I want you to look and pause there for a moment and think. If Jesus needed to depend upon the Holy Spirit during his life and ministry here on earth, can we do less than that? Listen, if you and I have to live a life that is victorious, you and I need the aid, the help, the empowerment, and the enablement of the Holy Spirit to live a life in the footsteps of Jesus. If we have to live and walk in the footsteps of Jesus, we need to have the enablement of the Holy Spirit. Don't ever think that you and I can cut it by ourselves. That we can make it by ourselves. That we will reach there by our own strength, by our own wisdom. We can't live a day, a moment without Him. Jesus said, you can do nothing without me. Praise God. We have God the Father in heaven. God the Son seated at the right hand of the Father. And today the Holy Spirit is with the people of God. Standing by us. Residing in us. Working in and through us. In the body of Christ. Touching the world and impacting the world. We have the Holy Spirit within us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Apart from the help and the aid of the Holy Spirit, we cannot live a Christian life as God wants us to live. We must know, praise God, what God has in store for us. What is the plan for us? How is it that God can empower us to do what he wants to do in and through our lives? Now, when we talk about 
the, the, the paracletos who comes and stands by us and for us, we should not ever think that the Holy Spirit will just do everything. I can just sit around. Look how Worsby puts it. He puts it. The Holy Spirit does not work instead of us or in spite of us, but in us and through us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit works in us and through us. Before the Holy Spirit has to work through us, he has to work where? In us. Praise God. He has to work in us and he continues to do work through us. What work? His work. His kind of work. What he wants us to do. He works through us. Praise God. It is important for us to understand the role and the nature of the Holy Spirit. Okay, the role and the nature of the Holy Spirit. Listen, Jesus said, I'm going. I was with you for three and a half years, but I'm going. But one I'm going to send to you, he's going to be with you and he's going to be in you forever. Now, imagine if you know someone who is very powerful and influential. If you know someone who is very powerful and influential. Tell me if you know of anybody who is powerful and influential. Even if you don't know them. Anybody? Come on. Powerful and influential? Trump. Okay, all right. For Americans, Trump. Okay. Now, if you have access to Trump, would you go around distributing his number? Would you? Come on. Tell me, be honest. If you have access to Trump, if you can pick up the phone and you can just dial the number and Mr. Trump picks up the phone on the other end, do you go around telling everybody, hey, you know, here's the number. This is the number to call. Would you do it? No, we won't do it. We'll just keep it to ourselves. Right? But Jesus wanted us to have access to, to him. Praise God. And he said that it's not just for a few elite. You know, few elite that I'm going to send. But I'm going to send them for who? Everyone who's a disciple. Everyone who's a believer. You have access to the throne of grace. And you have the Holy Spirit Standing by you, standing for you. Wow. How powerful is Trump? How powerful is Trump? What is the scope of his power? Tell me. Over a country, thank you. Over a country. What about paracletos? Huh? How about paracletos? And we belittle him. We ignore him. We talk down about him. People trash him. God, the Holy Spirit, is with us, as in, in us, and how often we just simply ignore him. As if he's non-existent. 
Interesting thing is, he's been in existence, praise God, from the very beginning, if we can comprehend what the beginning is, from eternity to eternity. Praise God. And this Holy Spirit, he is with us. Praise God. Hallelujah. So now, if you are in emergency, if you are in need, what do you do? Pick up the phone and we call 911, right? And there is something called the response time. How many of you guys know what's the response time for Nassau County? Anybody know? Response time for Nassau County or for 911 in general? Huh? You expect them to come in a few minutes, right? Otherwise, the emergency is going to be like. But look. Holy Spirit resides with you and me, enabling me and offering you and me constant, continuous, ongoing, praise God, enablement and empowerment. Wow. Paul writing to Timothy puts it like this in 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us a spirit of timidity or fear but spirit of power love and sound mind so the holy spirit that is in residence within me and you is the spirit of power love and sound mind what a combo what a combo think about this if it's only the spirit of power Working through us. Wow. Can you imagine that? What's going to happen? What are the chances? What's going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? It's only power working through you. What can happen? Hmm? Anything can happen. Can you elaborate A-N-Y? Anything? What can happen, guys? Come on. Huh? What do you say? Yeah, we can do, we can, we can bring out productive things at the same time. We can be also what? But the Bible says he's a spirit of power and spirit of wow. Now imagine if it was only spirit of love. Love, 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 love. Only love. But then the next verse says he's also spirit of Sound married. Praise God. A balance. Power, love, and sound mind. So look at this. As a believer, as a disciples, you and I have unlimited strength at our disposal by the enablement of the Holy Spirit to serve valiantly, to endure sufferings in life, through suffering, being triumphant, and even at the point, even if you have to die, die in such a way that we bring glory to God. See, when we think about power, 
we only want to think about one, one way. But God empowers us and enables us. The enablement of the Holy Spirit is given to us so that we would serve valiantly. That we will endure patiently. And if there are suffering, we suffer triumphantly. At the same time, if we have to lay down our lives, like many, many disciples do, we do it glorifying Jesus. Wow. That is why this power has been given to us. This power has been given to us so that when our service to God, in our devotion to God, in our dedication to God, in our commitment to God, we stand firm because we are empowered by the Spirit of God who stands by me, enabling me, knowing that I can't cut it by myself, that I can't make it by myself, that I can't arrive by myself, that I can't reach by myself, He stands by me. He stands along my side and empowers me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. In service to the Lord, if you're getting tired, you're getting depressed, discouraged, remember, Parakletos is by my side, empowering you. Praise God assisting you praise God giving you the lift that you need giving you the hand that you need giving you that extra boost that you need giving you that extra push that you need giving you that extra pull that you need the Holy Spirit is abiding within me praise God no wonder Peter who was a coward a chicken praise God Once the Holy Spirit came upon him, what happened? The man just turned. Praise God. Hallelujah. He looked at the Sanhedrin and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, power. Love. Love. The Bible says, Perfect love cast out fear. It's a spirit of love. Praise God. Love towards God causes his disciple and his believers to go to the extent that is impossible, humanly impossible. Love for the Lord causes him and her to go and even to the extent of making sacrifice because this is True love. This is authentic love. This is genuine love. This is a love that is responding to that love that is demonstrated on the cross of Calvary. Praise God. Paul writing to the Philippians says, and I'm praying for you guys. I am praying for you that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in Discernment. 
So as the spirit of love is in residence, and as we continue to love, the prayer is, that Paul is making for the Philippines is, I pray that your love may abound in more and more. How many of you guys know that there's degrees of love? How many of you guys love your dad more than your mom? How many of you guys love your mom more than your dad? How many of you guys love your love your wife more than someone else? There are degrees of love. Paul is saying your love should increase more and more, abound more and more in knowledge and in discernment. Whoa, I thought love was, I thought love was blind. Love is not blind. Love is not blind. Praise God. Depends on what kind of love, right? Praise God. Paul is saying your love has to increase in knowledge and in discernment. There has to be knowledge in love. In other words, when you love Jesus, you need to know, who you are loving, and each day your love and your adoration for him increases as you get to know who he is because this is what the Holy Spirit does. He reveals him to us. We'll talk about that a little later. And then he says, there has to be discernment in love. In other words, what you love, how you love, there has to be a discernment. Now, God is love, right? Hello, is God love? God is love. And the whole Jesus loves. Jesus love, loves what? He loves the whole world, meaning everybody in this world. He loves everyone in this world. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hmm. Yes, he does. And the spirit of God is spirit of love. You see, love, God the Father loves, God the Son loves, God the Holy Spirit loves. Love, 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 love. But the Bible says you and I need to have a discernment in love. Now, God is love, but there are certain things that God hates. How many of you guys know there are things that God, the love, hates? Hello? God, who is the love, there are things that God hates. How many of you knew that there are verses like that in the Bible? Oh, Pastor, you're messing this up now. All right, let's look at it. Proverbs 6.16, there are six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. If, look, look, these are the things that God hates, okay? A proud look. You got a proud look? Anybody got a proud look? A lying tongue. Oops! Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devised, devises wicked plans. Feet that are swift in running to evil. A false witness who speaks lies. And one who sows discord among brethren. What else does God hate? God hates idolatry or idol worship. God hates, as it's written in Malachi, God hates divorce. Now see, 
the Bible is very clear about what God hates. Why do you think it's written, these things are written? Tell me, quick. Why are these things written? See, God wants us who have the Holy Spirit, the spirit of power, love, sound mind in residence, to know what he loves and what he hates. So, since I am being sealed by the Holy Spirit, and since I have the deposit of the Holy Spirit within me, and I have the Holy Spirit in residence within me, I need to love everything that God loves, and I need to hate everything that God hates. Hello. There's no choice there. Jesus said, 15, verse 14, 15, If you love me, you shall keep my commandments. So love everything that God loves and hate everything that God hates. Now, the difference is this. With God, since he is God, he is able to, 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 to cut through the sinner and the sin. He's able to draw the line between the sinner and the sin. God hates the sin and he loves the sinner. That's why Jesus gave himself up on the cross of Calvary. We all know John 3.16. What is John 3.17? Anybody? Oh, come on. John 3.17. Yes, guess you take it out and read it out for us. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. But, but that the world through him might be saved. So God who is love, he has created an avenue for the sinner to come to him. Lay down the burden of sin and start a fresh new life. Once you start a fresh new life, you have the divine nature within you because you and I are being born by the incorruptible seed of God's word and it abides in us. It brings a divine character within us that makes us love what God loves and hate what God hates. Don't hate people. Praise God. But you cannot cast your lot with anyone, praise God, that is involved in hating what God does. Praise God. That's very important for us to understand. Praise God. Hallelujah. Love what God loves. Hate what God hates. Praise God. How do you know this? Well, it's in the scripture and the Holy Spirit that is in residence in you will lead you into all the truth. Praise God. So ask for discernment. Young men, young women, as you are growing, 
blooming, blossoming, as your hormones are raging, I want you to know, as the scripture says, keep your eyes open and use discernment in love. Use discernment in making choices. The Bible is very clear. As a believer, as a disciple, the Bible is clear that we are not allowed to have what? Do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. A believer has no business with an unbeliever when it comes to entering into a covenant relationship with them. Listen, I love you. That's why I'm telling you. And it is my responsibility as a pastor to let you know. I'm not putting anyone down. But the scripture is very clear. And may you hear it very clearly in your choices you should be governed by the spirit of love, by the by the discerning spirit. You should be governed by the spirit of truth. You should be governed by the standards of God's word when you make choices in your life. I deal with a lot of people and there are people who tell me, oh, well, you know, why don't you look at that person and look at this person? You know, when we got married, you know, we, I married an unbeliever. But look at this. Look at me. 50 years from now, 30 years from now. Well, I got her saved. I got him saved. Very good. Praise God. I thank God for you. Thank God for you. But please do not make exceptions thumb rule. Do not make exceptions thumb rule. Thank God. If you got married to an unbeliever and they got saved, praise God. And I believe, pray that everybody will go through that. But don't make exceptions thumb rule. Praise God. Don't try to nullify the word of God by our own personal experience. Our personal experience are good for us. Praise God. But it should not override the clear, cut, crisp commands of God's word. No one's personal experience can override the clear cut commandment of God's word. Praise God. Hallelujah. So it's a spirit of love, power, sound mind, sound mind, sensible mind. Ability to master ourselves. Ability, self-mastery, self-discipline. So this combo, love, power, power, love, sound mind, working in and through us, is able to touch the world the way God intends to touch and impact the world. Praise God. Hey, you got... Praise God. You got help. Praise God. If I need help, and I know my friend Joseph can help me, I need to tell him what? Joseph, give me a hand, man. Help me out. Praise God. The man is here. He has the ability to help me, but I'm not 
touching him. I'm not reaching out to him. The Holy Spirit abides within us. Quite often we ignore the nudgings of the Spirit of God. We just simply overrides the still, small voice of the Spirit speaking into your life saying, No, don't do that. Have you ever heard that voice? I've heard so many times. I've heard so many times. Shall we yield ourselves to the Lord this morning? Jesus said, I have sinned. I pray to the Father. Another verse in chapter 16 says, I will send the helper to you. Praise God. The helper is here. Praise God. Preparing us. Grooming us. Empowering us. Enriching us. Enabling us. Praise God. To become everything that God wants us to become. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that is in residence in us. What a privilege. Lord, how often we underestimate him, undermine him, ignore him, grieve him, quench him, Run over him. Father, forgive us. We come at every young man, young lady in the house. Every brother, every sister in the house. Every elderly person in this house. And I pray that we will constantly yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. To the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen.